0: Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is your Fruitful 15, where small changes in your daily habits can yield big results. Jen, our topic today is Pillars of Lifestyle Medicine, which is a mouthful. Please tell me (laughs) what that means.
1: It is a mouthful. Well, first off, lifestyle medicine. I think it becomes clear if we say lifestyle as medicine, right? Right. So as in, we use lifestyle as in place of medicine, especially for, I shouldn't say in place of, I should say in conjunction with, or maybe as first line of treatment for chronic diseases. So Sarah, are you ready for a shocking statistic? Hit me with it. According to the World Health Organization, we can prevent 80% of chronic diseases from lifestyle changes. Whoa. Whoa. All right, now that we've dropped that bomb, how about you share what we mean by chronic diseases?
0: So what we mean by chronic diseases are things like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or our usual, not during pandemic times, number one killer in the United States, which is heart disease, even certain forms of cancer.
1: Exactly. So, lifestyle medicine is the evidence based practice of using healthy habits, which are otherwise called the pillars of lifestyle medicine, that we're about to get into as first line of treatment. Sarah, we should probably also mention what evidence based means.
0: Yeah. So, evidence based is all about the studies and the science and the best practices. So, it's where the scientific literature, Collides with how we practice as clinicians, and then even further, how that trickles down into how we exhibit our lifestyle behaviors every day as just people living our lives. So, as an example of evidence based lifestyle medicine practice versus not evidence based lifestyle medicine practice, let's talk about the plant based diet versus a low carb diet like keto, which is really popular right now, or paleo, which is like a little bit less popular, but still pretty popular. So if we look at the literature, researchers from the Medical University of Lotz in Poland looked at data from about 24,000 participants in a survey called the U.S. National Health and Examination Survey, and they collected data from 1999 to 2010. So for a long time, and the participants that had the lowest carb intake had a 32% higher risk of dying overall compared to participants who ate the most carbs. And when the authors look specifically at deaths from heart disease or stroke, the risk of dying was actually 50% higher. So the lead author said the data suggests that although low-carb diets might be useful in the short term, they have risks, not benefits, in the long term. So on the... Thank you. Thank you. On the opposite side of that, we see the plant based diet, which is the evidence based recommendation of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, because it's the only diet proven to prevent, treat, and wait for it, reverse heart disease. And it's associated, thank you, thank you. And it's associated with the longest lifespan and the longest health span, or the number of healthy years that we can live.
1: Awesome. All right. So I'm also glad that you brought up the American College of Lifestyle Medicine or ACLM. As you mentioned in another episode, we in medicine love our acronyms. Anyway, ACLM is the medical college that board certifies healthcare providers. And they've only been a specialty since 2017. But the fact that lifestyle medicine is now a specialty like cardiology or orthopedics just shows you how the times are changing, right? And how the world is waking up to the power of lifestyle medicine.
0: So today we'll talk about the most important topics, the pillars of lifestyle medicine.
1: Okay, listeners, quiz time. So what are the most commonly discussed pillars of lifestyle medicine? So what do you think are the most important factors to promote optimal health and prevent disease? We'll give you a couple of seconds to think about it.
0: All right, Sarah, what's the answer? Well, Jen, the pillars that we probably spend the most time talking about ourselves as just individuals and with our providers are nutrition, physical activity, and substance use cessation.
1: Perfect. So when we say substance use cessation, can you break that down for us?
0: Yes. So most commonly what we're talking about is either never starting or quitting tobacco smoke, including e-cigarettes, and also minimizing alcohol. But we're also talking about never starting or quitting recreational substances, as well as the misuse of prescription substances as well. So Jen and listeners... What are some of the pillars that are also evidence-based, but get a little bit less time in the spotlight? Going to give you a second to think about it. Okay, Jen, what are they? Social support. Sleep. And
1: stress management.
0: Awesome list. So now that we have all six out on the table, Jen, I'm wondering, I'm curious what your favorite is and what you find to be the most challenging pillar personally.
1: So my favorite is nutrition because I have found that it is such an important tool in my life and also in my patients' lives as far as reversing chronic disease. And, you know, I'm deep into the whole food plant-based lifestyle. I love to talk about it. I love to eat it, all of that. So that's my favorite. The one I struggle with the most is sleep for sure. It's been 20 years I've been working on my sleep and I'm finally making a little progress, but it has been a long road and has taken me quite a bit of research and practice to figure out how to become a better sleeper. How
0: about you, Sarah? What is your favorite and what do you struggle with the most? Well, my favorite is stress management. I really love talking to patients about it and I like enacting it in my own life. And I just feel like if you're not managing your stress, it's much harder to make decisions that are optimal for you and all of the other pillars. So I think it's very foundational. And I personally find the nutrition pillar the most challenging, at least right now in my life. I, as you know, Jen, I'm pregnant with my second child and vegetables and fiber are just dead to me right now. So (laughs) I am finding it that that has been a major challenge to overcome myself. So Jen, if I was new to the whole pillars of lifestyle medicine thing, and I wanted to learn more especially let's start with just food and nutrition, what might be a good resource for me?
1: So for nutrition, I think our go-to is nutritionfacts.org, a website founded by Dr. Michael Greger, and he's got all kinds of free videos there. That's what we love the most about this site is that it's all free, nothing is sponsored, and you can look up just about any topic and get a five-minute summary on the evidence-based you know, what we know about any given nutrition topic. And uh, he likes to call them bite-sized videos. You can also subscribe to free email and get free email videos in your inbox a few times a week. He's also got a couple books out, which I think are great resources for people. How Not to Die is how not to die from premature death from our chronic killers, chronic diseases. How not to diet is how not to be on a diet, how to have a healthier lifestyle. What about you, Sarah? How about, do you have any nutrition go-tos? Are you in the nutritionfacts.org camp too?
0: Definitely in the nutritionfacts.org camp. Love that information out there. I actually have a fun one for physical activity that I can mention. Oh, great. And it's sort of nutritional because it's called fitnesspudding.com. And um, (laughs) the creator of fitnessputting.com is Dr. Mark Ferries. And what's great about this website is he takes myths about physical activity and breaks them down and talks about the most recent evidence about them. So, for example, on the homepage right now, there's a video about 10,000 steps and what's the science behind 10,000 steps. So that's a great one. I'm wondering, do you have a good one for stress management, Jen? I do and I
1: am also a big fan of Dr. Ferries as well and fitness pudding so I'm so glad you mentioned that one. Yes, so first stress management. I think these days, you know normally we would send people out to classes, right? <laughs> but these days I think going online for some of that is really helpful and there's a few apps that both you and I like. So, Intention Timer is nice. I have a lot of free content there. The Calm, C A L M app. I know I have a little bit of a Midwestern accent, so let's just spell it. And then my favorite is the Headspace app. They have both a free and subscription version. And all those can be helpful in managing stress. So next up is substance use cessation. And this one I actually have an idea for anything you want to mention first?
0: Well I would just say the more formal programs are always out there for support for people. Things like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> but if you're looking for something less formal, I think you had an awesome suggestion.
1: Great. Yeah, we are big fans of both AA and NA and have seen awesome results with those. Yeah, for something less formal, I would say the Rich Roll podcast. So he's an evidence-based podcaster. He is a, I would say, a former attorney and an avid athlete, a plant eater, and also a recovering addict. And he brings really interesting group of guests. So he's got all kinds of elite athletes and physicians who are into lifestyle medicine and then also recovering addicts. And I think that maybe sometimes listening to other people's journeys can help us gain some insight into the behavior or choices that we're making. Yeah, maybe just subscribe to that podcast. All right. What about sleep or rest, Sarah?
0: Well, I think there are lots of great apps out there that can be helpful for sleep. And obviously, a lot of our fitness devices these days track our sleep. But if you're looking for content, maybe on, for example, Instagram, I know a lot of people like to use that platform to look for ideas and suggestions. Check out the Nap Ministry, which is a really cool account that talks about sleep and rest as a critical element of our lives and how you can prioritize sleeping and resting throughout your day as a way of just optimizing life and feeling better. What about that last one, Jen, social support?
1: Yeah, so this one's a little trickier in the time of a pandemic, right? <laughs> a little trickier to be as connected as we might wish to be. But of course, you know, we all know about Zoom and Skype and ways to be together online. But you and I also both really like a book and a podcast by Dan Harris called 10% Happier. And In addition to just being inspiring as far as probably just optimizing your lifestyle, it has some good podcasts on there about managing relationships and improving relationships. And so we would recommend that as a way of growing your social support or your social support skills. All right, Sarah. So I think those are some great resources. What about if we're already healthcare providers? What's our go-to resource?
0: I think the go-to resource to start and complete your lifestyle medicine journey as a provider would be the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and they exist on the internet at lifestylemedicine.org. So they have lots of resources, lots of resources you can use with patients, lots of continuing medical education, competencies, and of course, an annual conference that is just, I hope I'm not exaggerating, but life-changing to go to. (laughs) Totally agree. Yeah. And if you're interested in more about the pillars, stay tuned because we'll be taking deeper dives into each of those pillars coming up in future episodes.
1: Perfect. All right, Sarah, what are our takeaways for this episode?
0: All right. So first takeaway for me, lifestyle medicine means lifestyle as medicine, especially for our chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes. Second takeaway, lifestyle is a legit specialty and has been around since 2017, like orthopedics or cardiology. Third takeaway, all of the pillars are related to each other. And fourth takeaway, it's really kind of impossible to be perfect in any of the pillars And we should focus more on optimizing each because when we optimize in each of those pillars, it leads to better results in all of the pillars. And last takeaway, the pillars highlight the importance of looking at your health from a big picture perspective. While it's really important to think about how we eat and how we move, and we focus a lot on that in our individual lives and in our conversations with our providers, it's really important to think about how we sleep and how we're managing our stress, too. And, of course, social support and staying away from those substances.
1: Sarah, for that takeaway roundup, I give you... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so stay tuned for our next episode where we'll take listener questions. So please call us at 928-793-1353. And email us at fruitful15podcast at gmail.com and check out our show notes.
0: Thanks for letting us join your healthy journey. This has been your Fruitful 15, where you can change your life in just 15 minutes a day.